As part of my preparation for ordained ministry, I served as a chaplain at Children's Medical Center. One of my colleagues there relayed the story of a friend of hers who had served at a large hospital on the West Coast. The chaplains at this hospital were instructed that if they were to speak of a deity, they were only to speak of God and only in the most generic sense. One chaplain was having difficulty with this limitation. As he covered his first death, a woman who did not survive surgery, the chaplain stood with the patient's husband. Pained by the situation and feeling inadequate to the task, he searched for words of comfort. Finally, he said the first sanctioned words of Scripture that came to his mind. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. At which the husband reared back and punched him in the mouth, felling him right there outside the OR. When he was debriefing with his colleagues later, the chaplain admitted, if I'd been her husband, I would have punched me too. If we're honest, we would have to admit that a punch in the face is the appropriate response to a disturbing amount of the scriptural witness to God. In Exodus, we're told that God hardens Pharaoh's heart for his own greater purposes, leading to the death of many Egyptians, including all the firstborn sons. In the Law of Moses, we're told that God requires the death penalty for those who worship other gods, for a child who curses his or her parents, for those found working on the Sabbath. In 2 Samuel, we're told that God is displeased that King David has taken a census, and so he sends a pestilence on the people, killing 70,000. Perhaps most disturbingly, in Joshua, we're told of a God who instructs his chosen people not only to attack and conquer the others who live in the land that they are claiming for their own, but also to utterly destroy these people, man, woman, and child. You may have noticed that all these disturbing examples come from the Old Testament. One of the questions that people ask most about the Bible is, why does the God of the Old Testament seem so angry and judgmental while the God that Jesus witnesses to in the New Testament is so loving and forgiving? Given the examples I've just given you, it's a good question. And it's an important question because not only do these passages trouble thoughtful Christians, but they give fodder to those outside the church who assert that religion is the source of so much violence in our world. To try and address the prevalence of violence in Scripture, we have to take a deeper look at the writing of the Old Testament. If we hold to an understanding of Scripture as having been dictated directly by God with humanity's role simply to record it word for word, then we'd have to accept that these stories do, in fact, reveal the character of God. But we, in our tradition, do not see Scripture this way. Consistent with so much of Anglicanism, we understand Scripture to be incarnational. Just like the consecrated elements, just like Jesus Christ himself, we understand Scripture to be the result of creation and divinity coming together. In a messy process over centuries and millennia, what were oral tradition stories of how God was working among his people and in creation were eventually written down and then edited and then edited some more, each time toward a version that told the stories and made the points that God's people in that particular time and place wanted to emphasize. The stories in the Old Testament cover a time period of roughly 1,500 years. 
And yet their authority, their being understood as sacred writing, evolved over this long period. The stories of the Old Testament weren't canonized or set as final and authoritative until the end of the first century after Jesus. If we recognize the incarnational character of Scripture, that Scripture is divinely inspired while still written by human beings whose understanding and experience of God was shaped by their time, their culture, their theological assumptions, then we might be able to say that in some of these cases, the biblical authors were representing what they believed about God rather than what God actually inspired them to say. I mean, we have archaeological evidence of other peoples from this time that show an understanding that their God urged them to go to war in his name. So perhaps Moses and Joshua and David lived in a time when violence was seen as part of God's way of accomplishing his purposes. Perhaps the Old Testament passages about violence tell us more about the people who wrote them and the time they lived in than about the God in whose name they claimed the authority to do these things. Does this understanding of Scripture, understanding it in this incarnational way, mean that we take it less seriously than those who view Scripture as inerrantly dictated by God? No, it does not. I would argue that it means we take it more seriously. It takes a lot more engagement to discern the truth of who God is and how he's acting in the world over the long arc of the biblical witness than to accept in an uncritical way that everything we read in Scripture is a reflection of God's will. Like Jacob at the Jabbok River, God asks us to wrestle with him, to wrestle with his word if we are to receive its blessing. So if we understand the stories of the Old Testament, that these are stories that we, as the people of God, have handed down for millennia, if we understand that some of these stories absolutely reflect God's will and desire, and some reflect our understanding of God's will at the time that might not be accurate, how do we discern which is which? We do so by using Jesus as the lens through which we understand the stories of the Old Testament. If we use Jesus' word and teaching, his commandments, as the lens through which we understand these passages of violence in the Old Testament, we see that these passages contradict the life and ministry of the one who is God's definitive, unmediated word. Where a particular teaching in Scripture is at odds with what Jesus said and did, we are right to consider that the passage may reflect the culture, the worldview, or the perspective of the human author of Scripture rather than the timeless character and will of God. And given the biblical witness to our relationship with God, this makes sense. Over the long arc of the Bible, we see an evolution of the people of God in their understanding of God's desire for their lives. Between the Old and New Testament, God doesn't change. God's character doesn't change. But our understanding of God's character evolved. Let me be clear. None of this means that any portion of Scripture is dispensable. 
While we acknowledge that the development of Scripture is incarnational, we also trust that the Holy Spirit hovered over the entire process such that all that was included in the canon of Scripture is indeed sacred text. All of the passages, even those that we consider inconsistent with the God revealed in Jesus Christ, are meant to help us understand ourselves, understand our God, and how we're in relationship. Jesus Christ taught that his followers were to love their neighbors, turn the other cheek, forgive those who wrong them, and pray for those who persecute them. Rather than react with violence when treated unjustly, Jesus bore suffering and offered forgiveness. This definitive revelation of God stands in contradiction to passages of violence in Scripture as reflecting God's will. To the extent that we live into Jesus' teaching and example, we are working to redeem all of those who have experienced violence in the name of God. Amen.